Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 104.9 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. No more back thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world's changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war and poverty. Yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better. Let's get them up, get them going Wednesday on B&E, show the people. Off we go, four hours of, uh, we hope will be stimulating conversation of the sports variety begins right now. We appreciate you being there to find us. Early Bird always gets the worm, whether you're on 104.9 on the FM dial, 101.9 FM, could be AM 1260 if you're old school. Also digitally, we've got you covered there as well. Live and local on our Horn app, take us wherever you go this summer. For your vacations and downtime, you listen to us with a touch of a button. It's so simple to do. Crystal clear and ready to roll with that Horn app. Also on your smart speaker at home and work, in your car, and always uh, streaming live for you. Also on our Twitch channel. You can watch the shows if you choose to on uh, hornfm.com. Always there with you as well. Our great website. So uh, launch it off on a Wednesday. It'll be a busy one. Final Wednesday of the month of June. We'll be into July, which is amazing. Halfway through the year by Saturday. And speaking of Saturday, that's when the new NIL law goes into effect here in the state of Texas. And you thought things were confusing before. Wait till you see the memo the NCAA sent to schools yesterday. Holy smokes, how are they going to figure this out? Game of high stakes chicken, and uh, we'll dive into that conversation this morning. Also, good news from the Texas football program. Bad news and sad news from the football world. Longhorn Baseball gets their final ranking for the 2023 baseball season after LSU won the national championship on Monday night. Um, the amazing Shohei Otani continues to do, you know, what do you even say about what Shohei Otani's doing? The Rangers get a win as well, so we'll just do some Major League Baseball. Um, big news over at Austin FC, which we'll talk about. So a busy, busy Wednesday to uh, get you into your, your Wednesday morning here on 104.9, 101.9 and AM 1260. Look who's here this morning. Uh, again, making the trip up I-35, the long trek from New Braunfels. Our great friend Ty Harrington, the manager, the skipper. And uh, good to see you again, my friend. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, man. You and Ty both. Yeah. I, uh, I look forward to the elevator door opening and the very first person I see each morning I come in here is Ty Henderson. Yeah, Ty picks up Ty. That's I right. squared. It is. That's, that is weird. No, but it works. It works. It's a good thing. So, uh, yeah, Bucky continues his vacation. He'll be back next week. Of course, uh, um, enjoying his downtime. I hope he is for sure. I appreciate you being in here. J.J. Gotch yesterday, and I know you 
listened to some of the show yesterday, and JJ and you have been longtime friends. JJ's friends with everybody, so that's one of those. Um, he touches a lot of a lot of areas of Austin, Texas, Central Texas, the baseball world. Now into uh, bull riding. Are you as fascinated as I am with that whole pro bull riding league? I, that he's, I mean, it's pretty incredible. And uh, it's to, to to start up an entire league and uh, an entire franchise all at one time. And JJ, of course, right at the t- top of that, which is pretty cool. But just a good dude. Good yeah, dude. I, look, I grew up in Waco, Texas, where. You know, bull riding was a thing. Yeah. And uh, so I ran around with a group of guys when I was, you know, probably 11, 10, 11, 12 years old that we were all baseball players. But then there was a certain fraction of them that were rodeo uh, families. So I went through that phase where I had my boots on, my Tuscan jeans, and all (laughs) of a sudden the, you know, hey, we're going to go out and watch a, uh, you know, bucking. A buck out is what it was called then, and you'd go to this arena out in out in Lorena, Texas, and um, ride steers. And so it was my turn. I kept saying, oh, "I want to do, you know, I want to do this kind of stuff." And I uh, didn't tell your parents, Ooh. and um, and so you went out there, and it was kind of those one of those things that you got. It, it didn't it didn't last very long. Let me just say that for a lot of reasons. One, I got on it and didn't last very long on the steer. Um, <laughs> number two, I saw the my uh, bull riding career end quickly and our uh, steer riding career at that point in time and uh, went home and I think it's one of those things we've all done this right where we did something and we didn't think our parents knew but then somehow they they knew I don't know how you know they didn't have cell phones so that, I don't know how they communicated or how they looked on your face huh I mean yeah I mean I just I knew it and uh, my dad knew it and I was like I was like, it's don't worry, uh, you know, kind of saying. I'm not going to take to that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to stay short, come, short come, home, come home acting like you got hit by a train or something. <laughs> I you can only know. assume you rode a bull. You know, we've all tried to crawl in the house before, right? Where we were trying to no, no eye contact. You know, maybe there was some dirt on the back of my shirt. Maybe there was. Well, your parents, you know, and being a parent now, you you know your kids pretty well. And if they come in with a certain body language, <laughs> you kind of you get your guard up. What's going on? You know, that's not the norm. Why are you ducking out of the way? Why are you not making eye contact with that's, me? That's why I did that every time I came home. To my oh, you were just consistent. That's what, Ty was ahead of the curve on that deal. I like that. I like that. All right, let's get to some headlines, trending topics. To start it off, make sure you're fully in the know and aware as you get up and out. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Yeah, we'll start with uh, news from Texas football, and it's good news for the Second consecutive year and the third time in five years, the UT football program has sold out of season tickets for the upcoming 2023 season. It's their last as a member of the Big 12, as we said, uh, not just the second consecutive season, but according to the school, this upcoming season has set an all-time record for season tickets for football, 68 north of 68,000 sold. That figure does not include student tickets, which will surpass 20,000. 2023 home slate kicks off in, in 67 days with the Rice Owls at DKR. Also includes home games with, with Wyoming, Kansas, Kansas State, BYU, and Texas Tech. Very sad news from the football world yesterday with uh, confirmation now that former Texas high school star and NFL quarterback Ryan Mallett has died. Multiple reports confirmed that the 35-year-old died by drowning after his rush from a Florida beach to a nearby hospital. Mallett was a five-star quarterback recruit out of Texas High in Texarkana back in 2007, played his college football at Arkansas, still holds many of the school's passing records there, drafted into the NFL by the New England Patriots in 2011. He also played for the Texans and Ravens over an eight-year career. 2023 college baseball season came to a close on Monday night. LSU's 18-4 romp over Florida to win the championship. Yesterday, the final top 25 rankings were released by the five major national publications. Longhorns 
coming in at number nine in the Baseball America Top 25 to finish the season, ranked 11th by the Collegiate Baseball Newspaper, 12th in the USA Today Coaches Poll, and 14th in both the final D1Baseball.com poll and the perfect game poll. Major League Baseball last night, ALS leading Rangers, top Detroit, 8-3 in Arlington. Ezekiel Duran, what a year is he's having as a young ball player. He had a solo homer in the eighth inning into the second deck. That sparked a five-run eighth inning rally for Texas. They get the win. Astros, meanwhile, drop their series opener in St. Louis 4-2. They fall six games back of the Rangers in the West. L.A., the Angels remain five games back in the West. They beat Chicago 4-2. And again, thanks again to the incredible Shohei Otani. Game's best player launched two more home runs last night. Increases his MLB lead to 28. Also, oh, he started. He was the starting pitcher for the Angels last night. Worked six and a third. Struck out 10. Improved to 7-3 and three on the year. From the pitch, good news uh, for Austin FC. John Gallagher's terrific season for the Verde. Got even better yesterday. The defender with a knack for scoring goals was named to the MLS All-Star team, becoming the second Austin FC player in history to earn that honor. Following Sebastian Driussi last season, Gallagher leads the team in goal contributions with eight, also tied for the team leading goals with five. He will join 26 other league All-Stars who will take on English Premier League powerhouse Arsenal FC on July 19th in Washington, D.C. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. All right, so a lot there. Uh, very sad, tragic on Ryan Mallett. I saw uh, G.J. Kinney, the head coach down at Texas State, tweeted out uh, some heartfelt condolences and, and with a clip of the cover of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine back in 2007 when he was on it with Ryan Mallett, and there were two other quarterbacks on the on the cover, high school cover, and Joe uh, G G G G G J Kenny with a heartfelt thought, but very very sad. Young life caught cut down too soon. Those riptides can be tough yeah. in Florida. I mean, I don't, I, I don't I haven't read enough outside of knowing what happened last night that it happened yesterday that what did happen, and I, that, that is really sad. I mean, I and you don't know, and I guess it'll all come out over time as to exactly what happened. But that is that's a that's a sad event. And condolences. I mean, I, to to everybody, his family. And look, I mean, you're an athlete like that. You you know lots of people, and you touch a lot of people, and um, you know, just friends and family. That's just golly. It was one of the best arms I've ever seen. In my yeah, life. I mean, he he was. If you're going to build the prototypical looking quarterback, it would be Ryan Mallett. He was big and tall, and looked down on everybody, and could really sling it. He was a really really good player. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Texas High there, right there on the border of Texas and Arkansas, chose Arkansas, set a lot of records there, and uh, good ball player for sure. And that's just uh, that's just sad. I mean, and I did see some people tweeting about, man, had they been to that Florida Beach area and the riptides this, this year in particular have been really tough. And those things get a hold of you, um, and you're, you know, and Mother Nature uh, takes over at that point. And, uh, you know, then – you would think 20, 35-year-old, you know, athlete like that uh, tells you how dangerous it can be uh, out in the uh, the Gulf there. Yeah, you got to be careful around all kind of, kinds of bodies of water in the summer. You know, I, I was saying a few weeks ago when I was on the boat and that girl went off that rope swing and was about an inch away from busting her head open. That Just be, be careful. Water's strong. There's currents and all kinds of bodies of water. But the ocean, yeah, it's scary. By the way, that, that was 2006 Dave Campbell's. It was G.J. Kinney, the new head coach at Texas State, who played uh, – he played uh, high, his, his high school football at uh, Gilmer, Gilmer mm-hmm. High School in East Texas. But so the cover of that magazine in 06 that he tweeted out has Earl Campbell on the Earl Campbell front and center with his burn orange polo on. Uh, and and the, 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 the headline says, Texas Revolution in a state known for running backs like Earl Campbell. How did the passing game become king? And this is, uh, thir- this is 2006. And on the cover, Ryan Mallett, 
in the top left corner, Jarrett Lee, uh, John Childs, who ended up coming to Texas. Remember him? Yep. John Childs, the quarterback, and then G.J. Kinney, uh, who also came to Texas but then transferred out and went to uh, Tulsa uh, to begin to play his, his football career. But but uh, really sad piece of news there from the football world. Longhorn football season tickets sold out, not surprising. And the home slate this year, pretty good. And it's the last year in the Big 12, so there's history there. There's a lot of optimism for the Longhorns in 2023, obviously, that this can be a you know kind of a bookend thing. The Longhorns won the first ever Big 12 championship. There's optimism that Steve Sarkeesian and the Horns could you know play for or win the final Big 12 championship. That's kind of the goal. Uh, all gas, no excuse year for the Longhorns. But also, I got to think that uh, the record-setting number of season tickets has to do with next year, too, their coach, because the next year slate is the beginning of the SEC schedule. And you want to, you know, you want to, th- those are going to be really hard to come by when you're looking at Georgia and Florida and the home tilt of next year and beyond with the SEC starting in 2024. Yeah. I mean, look, I've got mine. <laughs> I, yeah, I've got mine. I, look, I've had the same season tickets since uh, 1993 or 94, something like that. My college roommate and I, Doug Lindauer, have had the same seats. And um, A little bit more pricey now? Uh, yeah, maybe. And, uh, <laughs> maybe a little bit. And, uh, you know, well, back in the day when we first got them, if you were an athlete, you, you, even if you were a baseball player, you got your football tickets. You had one free ticket, so you were only paying. If you had two, you were only paying for one. Even ticket. after you were a student, yeah. And uh, and then uh, Coach Dodge lost, changed that about, and rightfully so. I mean, all, in all honesty, I mean that's a lot of free tickets. Yeah, it's a lot of free tickets. A lot of free, you know, athletes out there. So when they changed the the, the rule, I mean, I, we we kept ours. I'm just paid for both of them. And um, and even, even when I was coaching at Texas State, I didn't get to come very often. I'd go to one game a year, maybe. Um, just because of the you know schedules and whatnot, and uh, and going to Texas State events, and but now I've been able to uh, to get around to come more. I'd have you know people would use my tickets or whatever it may be. Now I'm at that okay. I'm using them now. <laughs> I'm going to go yeah. now and and have a good time. And I've gotten where I've you know really had a chance to enjoy the games and reengage with it. It's been it's been really cool for me. I can tell you. But we've had them for almost well. If I tell you how long it's been and tell you how old I was, so uh, it's been a while. So. Speaking of the optimism of this season, actually, one other thing on season tickets. We, with J.J. in here yesterday, in addition to his work with uh, Ryan Sanders Baseball and, of course, now with the Austin Gamblers, he talked about how he is, grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, and he's 51 years old, so he's been to 49 College World Series in his life. He's missed two. He, his dad took him when he was a baby, <laughs> uh, so he grew up going to Omaha. Uh, but he talked about his brothers. He and his brothers now have taken over those tickets. Well, it's like, you you know, you still have mm-hmm. yours. Uh, and so, and this year they didn't go. He went on his trip that he talked about to Brazil with the Austin Gamblers. So they sold their tickets for each game. And he said, with LSU being there, we did pretty good. Oh, There's I'm something bad. about LSU, man. Where's LSU getting all their all their all their greenbacks, man? It's unbelievable. They set the uh, the Jello shot record with sixty four thousand plus five dollar Jello shots at Rocco's. Yeah, JJ said, man, we did we're selling those tickets that we've got to LSU fans because we couldn't make it. I know it's fairly profitable, actually, for because the, they were there for the whole two weeks. Crawfish is expensive now. That money's got to be going somewhere, right? Yeah. They're doing well in Louisiana. They are. Like. I think what I think what LSU does, similar to some other colleges and, and universities and, you know, even University of Texas and, and A&M as well, I think they take care of their own. I really do. I think they circulate. 
um, their interests with each other, business-wise, uh, friendship-wise. I think they encapsulate the whole state. Yep. Um, people that didn't even go to LSU, um, they invite them in to be a part of uh, their culture and their fun. And so uh, they take care of themselves, and they take care of each other. And um, they love – I mean, that is their – to me, that's more their pro team – yeah, the Saints are the, the Saints. Saints. Yeah, and, and that's just my opinion. I think oh, that's... I think you're right. I think you're 100. Well, we talked about it yesterday with JJ that you know LSU fans will go to Omaha when LSU's not even there. I mean, they'll yeah. just go up there to be, to support college baseball and just that they love the environment. And certainly when they're there and they play the whole two weeks and they win the national championship, um, it's going to be a it's going to be a party for sure. Uh, but that was pretty cool. With uh, with speaking of season tickets, that reminded me of that story yesterday. But uh, we didn't get to talk to you yesterday, LSU. Eighteen to four. The only disappointing part of the of the the end of the College World Series was it was two blowouts. I mean the the games leading up to the final two were so compelling, and you know extra inning games and one run games and late finishes. Some calling it the best College World Series ever. And then the last two games were a 20, 20 run win and a you know fourteen run win with not a lot of drama. But in the end, LSU the rightful national champion. I agree. I mean, I, I looked. At, I thought the whole World Series was unreal, and even the last two games, I, I thought. The, the the second championship game probably was the one to me that everybody maybe lost interest. You kept interest in the last game because you, you wanted to kind of see the final out. Um, I think if you're a Texas fan and, and a, an alum like I am and an ex, a former player, you you were kind of rooting against, I guess you could be rooting against LSU uh, because you didn't want them to pass Texas with number of national championships. You know, we were tied at, what, six, I think. Six, yep. And uh, they moved ahead with seven. But uh, in the end, for me personally, I, I like – just I wasn't pulling. I, I, maybe a little bit. I was kind of pulling against LSU. <laughs> maybe I didn't. Now that I'm saying that, I didn't want him to win. But I, I was so wrapped up in in the series in college baseball and where it is and and what was on display for ten days. Um, I thought it was just incredible. I, I truly did. I, and again, there's so many things to unwrap about college baseball where it is today. What you got a chance to see? How many big leaguers you got to see? You know, this past week, how many you know, college baseball and where it's going, how it's shaped up to be, and the popularity of it. And I got to be honest with you, if you look at the LSU fans and how much they were hollering and screaming, and how many times did you hear the the chant LSU and the whole thing, right? But to me, that could have been just the same as somebody hollering, you know, go horns or Texas fight the whole time because we've been there so many times, what, 37, 38, nine times, whatever that is. And that could have been the same thing. It could have been us and will be again. But I just think it just – I thought it grabbed the crowds watching the games. I mean, I have friends that they like – they kind of like college baseball, but they don't get all wrapped up in it. They were exhausted by the end of the – I mean, they they were into it. And I was like, yeah, see, I've been telling you guys this is – this is what it is, and I think all that that love for your university and your pageantry for it and your and your passion for it, um, I think was on display for college baseball at a really super high level this past week. Agreed, agreed. And uh, LSU, the champs, and Dylan Cruz, their center fielder. What your thoughts on uh, Jay Johnson calling him the greatest college baseball player of all time? Now that's that's as JJ called it, a little aggressive, but <laughs> but uh, quite a player. I mean, three times an All American, twice the SEC Player of the Year, wins the Golden Spikes Award, and the national championship batted 426 on the year. Who and is considered the best? Probably baseball. Barry Bonds. Oh, Where did he I play? mean, Arizona State. I mean, on that team with Barry Bonds in 85, there were so many big leaguers in the 85 series. I can't even get to You were there. You. Yes, and I, I wasn't one of the big leaguers, but there were so many of them. I mean, you know, Barry Bonds, you know, you had Don Wakamatsu on that team. You had um, 
Um, ODB McDowell was on that team. Doug Henry was on that team, just on the Arizona State teams. Uh, Lopez was on that team. All those guys played in the big leagues. And then Todd Brown, who also was on that Arizona State team. Um, I mean, and Miami ended up beating us twice that year. That was the one I got kind of, you know, when we were talking about with Lee Sterling about the Billy Bates. I got a little. Yes, I did. And, um, you know, Billy Bates was on that team. We, you know, Greg Swindell was on our team. We, I think we had six big, five big leaguers. Bruce Ruffin, you know, was on that team. Then you had, um, you know, Oklahoma State. I mean, and and I think they had five big leaguers on their team. I mean, it was just riddled, riddled. This one, I'm, I'm sorry, and I'm leaving out uh, Mississippi State. Will Clark. Will Clark and <laughs> all those guys and Palmero, Thigpen, uh, Thiessen, and all those guys that end up playing in the big leagues. So I, I would argue, you know, I would say that there's the, the firepower in this, this World Series it was on very similar. Yeah, it was very similar with the '85 series and the Where number the, of big the, leagues involved. The top prospects all got in. Yeah, which was fun yes. to see, in the, especially in the semi, the last two rounds. Yes, oh, yeah. I mean it was on display. I mean, I would have liked to see Wake Forest and LSU in the Natty too. That was like that was just as good as the national championship for me. Uh, for a lot of people, it was the national yeah. championship. I mean, nothing against Florida, but uh, those were probably the two best teams all year. As we said, LSU and Wake were the only two teams that ranked number one at any point during the season. Uh, and, of course, they played for the national championship. Uh, you know, best college player of all time, Barry Bonds had an unbelievable season. Uh, I, I just looked this up, and uh, there, there was a vote done at ESPN. Barry Bonds, Alex Bregman, Buster Posey, uh, Ben McDonald, if you're looking for pitchers. Um, look, put Brooks Kieschnick from the University of Texas yeah. on that list, too, by the yeah. way, in the, in the early 90s. Uh, Houston Street, if you're just going for pitchers and, and relief pitchers at all time. Uh, there's going to be names, but I, I do look at whether Jay Johnson, the manager, can say what he wants. I think Dylan Cruz has established himself as one of the greatest college baseball players of all, of all time. His resume stacks up with anybody, finishes his career on a, on a 75-game on-base streak, which is ridiculous. Yes, it is. Um, you know, he, he's going to be maybe the top pick in the draft. If not that, he'll be second. And uh, he can go. He does remind me a, little, a lot of Alex Bregman. Uh, now, Bregman was a shortstop where Cruz is an outfielder. But the bat-to-ball skills, Whew. elite. I mean, oh, yeah. to barrel it up. I mean, you know this, coaching, as long as you did. That's what you're trying to teach a kid to do is put the barrel, the meat of the barrel on the baseball. It's a hard thing to do, a round object and a round object. Um, Dylan Cruz, elite uh, with the bat-to-ball skills. What, what he does that makes him different, one, from point A to point B, A being the beginning of your swing and B to the point of contact, it's so direct. His eye-hand coordination, his eye-hand ability is through the roof, but the other piece of that for him that separates him from other hitters, he doesn't chase. His chase value is almost obsolete. I mean, when you go in there and they have a, a, a analytic for it now where if you chase a ball out of the strike zone where you're basically putting yourself behind an account and or getting yourself out or throwing away in that bat, he doesn't do that. And if you go back and watch him, we, and how and even in the World Series, they would throw breakers away and he would just sit there and spit on them. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not swinging at that, right? Well, we live in modern era baseball of grip it and rip it from the mound meaning 98 from the mound, we're ripping breakers nonstop, these big breakers that are hard at 88 miles an hour, he doesn't chase them. So his eye-hand coordination, his confidence in that, and knowing his strike zone and what he's trying to do is through the roof, which is why he is an elite player. To, to say that you're the best player in college baseball ever, I'm, I'm with J.J., I'll go with aggressive. I'll also go with you had a coach who just won a national championship. He was he's very proud. <laughs> yes. He's very excited, and he's a great recruiter, and he's all those things that you know are tied into one in that moment that allows you to be that way or to say those kinds of things. Now, you could argue it. 
No, no I mean, I mean, honest to goodness, you could argue you it without any there. question. And he's gonna lie, he's gonna land in the College Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, um, at some point in his life too. Yeah, no question. Ivan Melendez last year, you know, his career at Texas, you know, not all, but his single season last year. Uh, certainly one of the greatest college baseball seasons of all time that ended in Omaha as well. Uh, he has to be mentioned. Uh, we'll get into the other top stories. If you thought NIL, the new state law coming in Texas, and all the NCAA issues were confusing before this week, let me, let me, we'll get into that story coming up. Because <laughs> a memo went out from the NCAA to all schools in the United States, essentially telling them, don't worry about any new state rules you've got. You still need to follow our rules. We'll try to dive into what that means. Also, the incredible Shohei Otani. What do we even say about this guy? Uh, which is incredible, uh, to say the least. This is Barry Bonds is the greatest player in college baseball history. Maybe all of baseball history. Well, that's a man, that's a defendable thing. But obviously, the steroid issue in the end of his career uh, mars it. But yes, he was an unbelievable college player and major league player. And we'll see. Maybe we see one of these guys that we watched in Omaha turn into one of the best players in, in all of baseball as it grows. Uh, there really is no doubt who the best player in the world right now in baseball is. We'll talk about that coming up. Uh, your BNE Facts of the Day, the Craig Way Report, Wednesday. Over the hump with you on this uh, midweek. Appreciate you being there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Says I am the greatest player of them all. It's Bucky and Aaron. His bat on his shoulder, and he tosses up his ball. Amber. The ball goes up, and the ball Man, comes you can't down. beat Kenny Rogers, baby. <laughs> uh, Wednesday, any day. Good job there, T.Y. Who is the greatest player of all time? It, uh, according to Jay Johnson, head coach at LSU, it's uh, Dylan Cruz, his center fielder. But that leads to some good debate. That's what sports radio is all about. Talk radio on the horn, of course, and we appreciate that. No debate in Major League Baseball right now. Shohei Otani is the best player in the world and is making a case that he's the best player ever to play the game. Um, just unbelievable. Last night, another example, hits his uh, hits two more home runs. Um, he's now got 28, which leads baseball, or all of baseball. Oh, but he also started the game and pitched for the Angels and struck out 10. Again, he leads Major League Baseball in double-digit strikeout games. Uh, he is now seven and three as a starting pitcher, so um, just continues to carry the LA Angels. It's becoming the usual. It is. I mean, it's guy just, hit guy ten Ks and two home runs in one game. Well, that, you might think if you're, um, you know, Phil Nevin, you're going to okay. He's the starting pitcher tonight, so we're going to take him out of the lineup. You know, we're going to let him just pitch tonight. Focus on the pitching side of things. Let him get out there and work on that, and then we'll we'll get him enough runs. Nuh-uh. Shohei, no, no, put me in the lineup. I'll hit my own home runs. I'll pitch my own game. He should get two wins for that game. <laughs> and he left the game because he cracked a fingernail or something. So he had to. That's the only reason he let, he came out as a pitcher. He got to kept going. It's uh, as we talk about it. It's at some point it starts to defy description. I don't even know what. You just watch it and enjoy it and appreciate it. I don't know how to describe it either. I mean, I, <laughs> you and I have talked about this, and that that night you sent me that text message with everything that he, all the categories he was leading. I was just like that. It's just, just, I mean, I, I'm speechless when he gets trying to describe just the impact he has on the game and 
the sport itself, but how entertaining he is. It reminds you, we, we, we all kind of played with that one guy in, in Little League that did all of it, right? He was a pitcher and he was a hitter and he hit bombs and, and then probably was a little bit older than everybody else or mature at that time. And, but he's doing it at the highest level of, of the sport that it's never been done like this, in my opinion. It's never been done like this before. And he makes it look so easy, and it is not. And he, and again, he just this this game is one of those things that comes to him in an, in the easy way, and it's 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 hard to explain. But uh, we talked about this on on Monday. I mean, how do you how do you compensate this guy for, for if he's leading every category that you can think of, pitching wise and hitting wise? How do you compensate that and then not overcompensate if the guy gets hurt? What do you, you know? You're losing, you know, the two players and and one injury. So it'd be like your two best players running into each other on a fly ball, and and both of them got hurt. And so there's a, there's a balance in there for what that's going to look. I don't have any. My I don't have that masculine to, to look that <laughs> to up. Calculate and, it. No, I mean, that's way beyond. I know one thing. I'd like to be his agent yeah. and uh, and and try to figure that out. But man, the impact he's had is just it's. It's remarkable. And, again, I, we said this the other day, too. I think the guy truly respects and loves the game. And and I think he's probably a great teammate as well. Yeah, well, that's that's the word, right? Everybody loves the guy. And uh, he's, he's you, know, you can't not be a hard worker and accomplish what he accomplishes. Uh, he doesn't take a day off. And he's he's locked in all the time and uh, just does it with such a joy and ease that you just, uh, just got to appreciate it. Uh, L.A. Angels keeping up with the Rangers. Rangers got the win last night. They beat up on Detroit. Uh, this kid, Ezekiel Duran, by the way, really a good player. The young shortstop, what a or what the young um, utility utility player. Play everything. Yeah, plays everywhere. But obviously, Corey Seager plays shortstop. But when Corey was out, he stepped in and did a good job. This guy is another one of these really, really good young players for the Rangers. He had a big home run last night in the eighth inning that uh, launched a rally, and they they beat Detroit. Houston fell again. It's never good for Houston to lose the Framber Valdez game. I will say that because uh, they got some pitching issues right now with all the injuries they're dealing with and. Framber's the one guy you can usually rely to get you a victory, and uh, they lost last night four to two in St. Louis. The bats again, uh, very very quiet for the Houston Astros. So a little baseball there as we uh, approach the All Star break coming up in the month of July. Here on the last Wednesday of June, talking college baseball as well and uh, the NIL. This is uh, so. Here's yesterday. If you were with us in our in our seven o'clock hour, we talked to a couple of attorneys. Uh, one of them, one of them being a former Texas football player named Trenton Halfley who helped craft the legislation that goes into state law here in the Lone Star State on Saturday. July 1st, Governor Abbott signed it into law. State uh, House Bill 2804 passed back in April. It then uh, was signed by the governor in May and becomes, it's a transformative name, image, and likeness bill that will apply to only Texas, all the the schools that play in the state of Texas. The new legislation includes a number of provisions uh, that are school and student-athlete friendly, uh, most notably, it provides cover for schools in the Lone Star State from being punished by the NCAA for any NIL-related violations, including any committed by collectives that have been set up to support student-athletes. Okay? So this is cover from the state for the schools. Um, earlier this week, however, the NCAA, knowing these new laws are going into effect in Texas and some other states around the country, sent a memo to all schools uh, attacking the actions that are being taken by state legislatures and effectively asking schools to place NCAA rules over the state rules and the new state laws. Um, the strongly worded memo obtained and published by Sports Illustrated suggests schools follow its rules even if they're unforceable in states' jurisdictions. 
uh, and they challenge universities writing schools who do not like the application of a particular rule should work through the NCAA governance process to change the rule. Uh, in other words, if you don't like the rules, you can change them or leave the NCAA. Um, according to a University of Minnesota law school professor, he was talking to front office sports and said, I think the NCAA essentially is challenging schools to leave voluntary membership if they don't agree to follow these piecemeal rules. Is uh, He believes it's hubris, hubristic and will backfire. And I think most people do, too. Uh, I, I sent this article to Trenton Halfley, who we had on yesterday, Ty, the football player walk-on at Texas who helped craft this legislation. And he responded after reading it and said, first, the NCAA has said this before. It's not anything new. Second, NCAA uses the word permissive to avoid going too far into what could actually be challenged. It will be interesting to see if the NCAA actually enforces this in Texas after July 1, and if they do, how schools and collectives will respond. So it's a game of chicken, apparently. It is a game of chicken, and it's almost like for some of these universities, they're the NCAA on the on the covers, kind of saying, "All right, do you guys want to jump in a portal or not?" Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean uh, they're, I mean they they're trying to make a stand. Um, I would wouldn't use the word draw a line in the sand, but they're you know they're trying to take back or recapture some things that got out. And when they opened the door, I mean, again, I, I've heard you talk about this, and I believe this too, had the NCAA, we can't go back in time now. I mean, I'd love, there's several things in our lives we'd love to go back in time with, but one of which is they could incrementally, I think, service the, the needs of, of the young student-athletes in a way that, you know, uh, I think would have benefited the athletes in a little bit more organized way. And then I think, in my opinion, and it's just my humble opinion, and somebody can certainly tell me something way different uh, then it would make sense. But I think the NCAA said, we're going to open the floodgate and then you're going to ask us to come back and and be the sheriff again and get all this, you know, brought back in. And I, I, don't, I, know think that that's that's I, I don't, don't think that's too late. I don't think that's a possible. good strategy by the NCAA. They're getting more and more weak. The lawyers we talked to yesterday, Trenton and, uh, and Darren, both said, you know, they need the federal government to step in and, and provide some cover for them. If they don't, they're not going to be able to do anything. And who knows if if uh, the federal government can get on the same page and put something together that actually can be signed into law on a state, on a, on a countrywide basis. If they don't, the NCAA has shown in court over and over again they don't have the legal standing you know, to have much power at this point. Now, in this memo, though, it, it is, you know, they're, they're at least doing something. Because, look, the schools that don't live in, don't play in the state of Texas are the ones that, with the outcry to the NCAA, hey, can you do something about this? Um, you, that's against the rules, but their state legislators are passing laws that say they can do it and have cover. Uh, we can't do that. And so the NCAA is putting out this memo. And in the memo, it says schools can't provide reminder from the it's NCAA. It's Bucky and Aaron. Whoops. Sorry, Ty. Uh, reminder, schools can't provide benefits to boosters or donors like tickets or suite access in exchange for NIL collective money. Well, of course, well, the, the new law in Texas is that yes, you can. Uh, the Texas uh, will be, so the NCAA is saying that Texas, uh, University of, and fans will be violating the rule given that it's um, official fundraising arm. The Longhorn Foundation plans to offer a point system, and then the Texas One Fund Collective will, will be similar, that uh, you'll get a point system for dollars spent towards either the One Fund or the Longhorn Foundation. NCAA says that's against the rules. State of Texas says no, it's not. Uh, and again, this is the game of chicken. I don't know and pretend to know. Uh, the the text I got back from Trenton Halfley would indicate that, you know, they're 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 suggesting this, 
They're not telling you you can't because they can't enforce it. It reminds me of the live PGA situation a little bit. I realize it's I realize it's completely different, but just the the game of chicken that's being played here. Yeah, you know, like something's got to change, but who's going to make the first move? Are teams going to start leaving the NCAA? Are they are they going to try to implement some actual rules here? Because I feel like this memo is just like, hey. Don't do this, but we really can't do anything about it if you do. And that will become the interesting part, right? If the NCAA actually tries to enforce this, look, let's just say the, uh, the Texas One Fund does begin to award you know, points and bonuses to, to, to fans who donate and boosters who donate, like the, the law says they can do. If the NCAA comes in and, and smacks down, well, then that thing's going to end up in court. And Trenton Halfley, who was with us yesterday, will probably be the – the attorney in, in, on the side of the Texas One Fund, and they'll take this thing to court. Uh, again, this is how messy it is. And uh, to, to your point, Ty, comparing to live, you know, the PGA Tour has essentially said, look, we were, we were drowning in legal bills, and that's why we had to come to an agreement with live. I mean, and the, the Saudi fund, we did, that was our only option because we were, being, we were spending, you know, we, our reserves were all going to, to, to fight these, these lawsuits and these cases, and those were going to be ongoing three, four, five years. Who knows how long? We were just bleeding money. We can't compete with the uh, the PIF. And I think um, this is something the NCAA, and this is where you're right, Ty, that is a parallel. The NCAA has kind of raised its hands and said, you know, we can't afford to keep fighting these lawsuits in court. We're getting, we, we, we can't. Uh, and that's why when they went to the feds uh, and went to the U.S. US Congress last month, they asked for, for, for federal oversight, giving them legal protection. That was one of the three big core demands they had to, okay, if you're going to craft legislation to help us at the NCAA, we need legal cover. We need to, to, to not be, you can't sue us if we enforce our own rules, essentially. Now, I don't think that can happen, but that's what they're asking for, and it's the same thing as the PJ Tour. We just can't afford to keep fighting these lawsuits, losing these lawsuits. Uh, we just have to come to an agreement, essentially. I, I would, a couple things, that's a, that's a lot. That That is uh, a lot. Yeah, and Ty, what you brought up is very true. If you parallel it and really you know, dig into the weeds on that. There's a lot of truth in what you said and, and you know, and talking about the live tour and where we are now with college athletics and E with what you're talking about. There's so many things involved with that. Number one, I would start at, I don't know if I want the federal government. To, I don't know. Going to Washington's the answer. I sit there and watch those guys on TV and, and sometimes I'm wondering how in the world did you guys, I don't understand part of that. Right. I, but you know, common sense doesn't always play a role um, all the time in those situations, in all honesty, and I don't mean it ugly, but it's true if you watch some of it. But they do need, to me, what I'm about to say is too simple for it to work and for it to play its way out. Eventually, you've got to get everybody in the same space in the same room, and meaning the conferences and everybody and their leadership from the conferences. Everybody's got to try to find it almost like we're rolling our sleeves up for a week. We're not coming out of here. Till we come to a uh, conclusion about well, what rules, what what is this going to look like? What are y'all's needs? And one of the things that I think the NCAA always needed a little more information from: go to the people that this that are dealing with this every day. Go to the coaches, the players, administrators. Go to the people this affects every day. Get them to tell you what what is it that's really going to work. Give them the idea, and then. Then sit down and try to make your way through this thing because, again, if you're going to if every time everybody turns around and somebody's going to get sued, they can't afford it. They no. can't afford the legal side of that. They can't. So, so make it where it's the the 
information you get, information flow and decisions you make are coming from the people that it's affecting. So it's essentially they're making their choices now, right? So they would be suing themselves for the rules that they're putting in place, you know, to try to make this thing work. And so to me, and I know that's way too simple. I know it's, it's way more complicated than that. But at some point in time, they're going to have to get everybody in the same space. And we're not coming out of here till we come up with what this is going to look like. Uh, more confusing by the day. There's no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll present the story and uh, we'll all try to figure it out together. We'll come back. We'll pick up the B&E facts of the day. Getting you up over the hump on this Wednesday morning. First, here's Craig Way. It's Bucky and Aaron. B&E on the horn. It is uh, Wednesday. B&E fact of the daytime. Longhorns, it's a fact now. Finished ninth in the final Baseball America Top 25 Collegiate Baseball Poll. Top 10 team at the end. A lot of people on David Pierce for uh, not winning a national championship as head coach at Texas, Coach. But, uh, you know, in a rebuilding year with all the new staff members and players, I think to finish in the top 10, and according to the uh, uh, the College Baseball America, Baseball America Top 25, good season, solid yep. season. And yep. uh, hopefully it's the... The changes that were made set the table for future success is really the goal. And year one, with all the, the new faces, new coaches, that uh, I think you can feel pretty confident that okay, we're we're, we're on a good path now to uh, to get back. But you know, you gotta you gotta continue to grow it. I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I thought with all and, the, and and again, I looked at it maybe a little bit more than from the coach's perspective than you know just being an alum or a fan. Um, I thought the job that. Coach Pierce and his staff did was was really good. There was a lot of chance. There was a lot of players that were gone off that team before. Um, one of your best pitchers was injured the year before. Was you know he was only Tanner Whip only be able to come back at the end of the season. There was just so many things that went on. I thought they did a, a really good job, and I thought they I thought they played at a high level. Um, I thought they considering all, everything you pull in there together. Um, I thought they did a good job and, and land inside the top ten. Um, I mean, let me tell you what, that's it's it's tough. College baseball's not messing around anymore, right? I mean, uh, uh, you know, parity's not the right word, but when you look around at all the programs that are spending money, I, I, the other day, University of Kentucky spent sixty million dollars on a new baseball facility. Never been to Omaha, no. Okay, that's uh, that tells you. What the University of Kentucky, a basketball school, theoretically, decides that, hey, this baseball thing, maybe this is a pretty good idea. Let's go dump $60 bucks into a new facility and, and let's see how it turns out for us. And so it shows you the popularity of college baseball, shows you what the SEC is. But it also just, I mean, uh, look, and your original question is about the University of Texas finishing the top. I thought they did a great job. I thought, you know, Dave and his staff did unbelievable. I think you're right when you say, do they have the pieces in in place right now from a staff and players to move this thing forward? Because you got one more year in the Big Twelve, and then you're moving into the SEC, where 14 out of the last 15 College World Series championship teams are have, have have championships have had an SEC team in it. I think four out of the last five champions. 14 out of 15. 14 out of 15. I think is what I heard the other day have been in the championship game. That's crazy still. And I think four out of the last five, if I'm not mistaken, no. have been SEC teams. So that's what you're going in. So yeah, I think that I think the, the, the program's in good shape and I think it's in the in the right place to move forward going into um the SEC, which is as exciting as it sounds to you and I. From a coach's perspective, you start looking around and it, you know, 
I mean, it's going to help them too from a recruiting perspective, but um, you got to be ready for it too. And they yeah. will. Yeah, well, that's the, uh, the key. Somebody said, uh, and be any fact of the day, said, E, reading the Ryan Mallett's death, tragically, there have been 11 drownings in the last two weeks in that same area. Rip, rip currents bad this year. Please be careful, vacationers. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge wow. number. 11 in two weeks. I want to shut that beach area down, or at least, yeah. you know, hopefully they're providing warnings to people. Because mm. um, that, you know, if I, if I were at a beach and there had been you know, that many drownings in a short amount of time, I certainly wouldn't be swimming in it. And it doesn't matter how good of a swimmer you think you are either. No. Yeah. No, that's 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 those, scary. Those rip currents. Don't, don't challenge the sea. Yeah. Uh, all right, thanks for that piece of information for sure. We'll get back into the, uh, le- the legal battles with uh, the NIL and the NCAA. Also, uh, more on that college baseball conversation, what the Longhorns are walking into in the Southeastern Conference. But still one more year for Texas baseball in the Big 12 for David Pierce and company. Also, get back to the major leagues and uh, all the top stories. It's a busy one here on b Appreciate you being there. As Bucky continues his vacation, Ty Harrington hanging out with us. Ty Henderson is here as well. And you on the show of the people.